welcome back to the podcast. This is the second one of the week, and today I have with me my good friend Ryan Thetford. We go way back, right? Yeah, long yeah. time. Yeah, about five or six or seven years. So it's not way back, not super way back, but you know, we've had a lot of memories. Yeah, but you, you know, one or two. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh. You guys are, most of you guys don't know Ryan. He is actually my old youth leader. Well, I wasn't in youth, but I was a youth leader for him, and he was my youth pastor, if that makes any sense. But uh, we went to the same church. Um, him and his family actually left that church about a year to a year and a half before me and Amanda did. So uh, anyways, he's a really cool guy. Uh, he's been really inspirational to both me and Ben's lives, and just a super cool, super chill guy. Um, anyways, I will just give it over to him and let him just introduce himself and say whatever he wants. So, Whatever I want. Yeah. But, <laughs> it's <laughs> <I don't> dangerous. <laughs> There's really no format to this whatever thing at I all. Want. Well, if I'm supposed to introduce myself, I'm Ryan. Bleep! And Sorry. I was uh, Keith's pastor, Ben's pastor. Most of the people that are probably get on this thing's pastor um, yep. for a long time. Um, would still say I'm a pastor to some level. You know, one day I might yep. be again, but I'm not pastoring a church currently of any sort. Um, but I was a yep. pastor for ten years uh, in Anderson, uh, Indiana, here where Keith's from. We're not from where he's residing, <clears throat> and I uh, helped start some clubs in the school and through club i mean geez and all the outreaches i mean i can't even say how many people over the years we've either preached to or influenced i mean it's yeah over thousand by easily a couple thousand um, yeah yeah just at the school probably alone anyway it's been a lot of fun and uh yeah i've known keith since he moved up here uh, it's been a privilege to know him now, some of you guys probably he's keith's really modest and i haven't been a big listener honestly so I don't know what he's <laughs> talked about um, previously. So. I mean, you're pretty much God on the podcast. I'm God in the <laughs> podcast. All right. You've been referred to as a pastor, reverend, father, Thetford. Pastor, reverend, <laughs> father. Well, anyway, I've, Keith's pro pretty humble, and he probably said, but I've known Keith since he moved here. Um, yeah. And he actually moved to Anderson for the sake of Christ. I mean, uh, when he got saved, he you, left you... everything. His family, his friends, and everything to move up here to be a part of what we were doing. And I was always, and have still will always be impressed with his amount of faith and trust in, in God. And, well, thank uh, you. To leave everything behind and um, come back up here. And I feel like you've gotten a double portion back. I mean, you've got a smoking hot wife, man, oh, yeah. if you're listening. And, uh, <laughs> and you got, uh, you know, you're just blessed. You got a job and you got a lot of friends that are now part of your new family. I mean, it's been. Yeah. It's been a pleasure to. And who would have thought that we'd be sitting here drinking a beer together? Yeah, <laughs> who would have ever imagined that a million years? <laughs> um, <laughs> hanging out and talking, and still yeah. just as much uh, in love with God and ready to progress His kingdom. It oh yeah, one hundred percent. Been affected um, by anything in our new uh, walk with Christ, just in a different way. Yeah, you know the way I pursue God. It doesn't look like it did a few years ago, but. Nonetheless, the fact that I want to pursue God in every aspect of my life hasn't changed. Yeah. And be the best man that I can be. So nice. Yeah. So anyways, today we're going to get into uh, 
a topic that I've been wanting to talk to Ryan about for a while. So thanks for introducing yourself. Yes. Um, so it's good for you guys to finally hear him who don't know him. And by the way, in case my wife listens, I have a beautiful wife too. It's yeah. slightly double more <laughs> beautiful than Amanda. <laughs> Her name's Laura, and I've been married to her for 14 years now, and I have four kids, so I do know a little bit about parenting too. Mm. So yeah, anything, you can fire at me, Keith. We can answer here. All right, sounds good. So today we're going to get into a topic that I like to call church colon body versus business or i thought about calling it business or pleasure (laughs) um so yeah we're uh it's a topic that i know ryan can speak about probably for hours on end by himself without me even needing to be here but i wanted to get his perspective as a former pastor and kind of or you know former pastor future pastor whatever regard he's going to get into with that again Um, but I want to just kind of interview him a little bit. I don't really want to do super a lot of talking today. I just want to interview him and talk to him, his perspective of being a pastor on how the church handles finances, builds brands, um, builds labels and fills pews and chairs, as opposed to how does that affect actually the kingdom of heaven and building the body of Christ. So I didn't know you were going to say the F word. This podcast finances. Oh man. Yeah. We went there. I'm going to have to bleep that out later. So yeah. So uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on just general thoughts before I get into any questions or anything thoughts about the church being a business? Yeah. How the church handles money or builds brands or builds a name as opposed to we're better than the church down the road or this or that. Well, the church, the way that it's set up, has to be ran as a business. I mean, honestly, it uh, you know because it has a building, because it has employees. The model that the modern church model requires a business and a business-minded people. I mean, if it didn't, it wouldn't succeed. I mean, there's yeah. nothing not right or wrong about it. It just is what it is. It's just how it is. It yeah. is yeah. If you're going to own a building and property and employ people, you have to work as a business. Um, you know, different churches see that business held differently, but it all goes back to even acts i mean when they start feeding people whenever you start doing things organized things it requires business-like model that's where deacons and apostles come from you know apostles i'm sorry deacons and elders and things like that elders were to create were made in the new testament to set up and run the church you know the deacons were to run more of the business side of the church which was the feeding programs and things like that so i mean all the way back to the first church there was a business aspect to it it just is a different business aspect Today in our consumer-driven world, yeah, we've we've it just has to, yeah, like it has to be more business-focused than even it used it used to be. Yeah, and it's not just a Christian organization. I mean, any religious organization or any organization for that matter, if you want to get together, there's going to be business. I mean, even in our short attempt to do house church together, and now passed over to Ben, required business-like activity. I mean. Business just being that with where you're using economics and capital yeah. and resources and applying them into those ways. Now, you know, do you want to look at it as a capitalistic adventure? You know, that's one thing. But I would say that more the church being having a capitalism creep in and consumerism, the those things creeping into it is really more of the negative than the business. Yeah, like that's got to be a problem. It. Like when you're looking at. <clears throat> the people of God as a meal ticket, 
that I mean that's got to be a little bit different than um making money to just pay for a building or like cuz I understand like pastors need a, like you being a pastor you understand more than I do that pastors need to make money of course when you are when you are giving your life for this and you're doing this as a profession when you could be out I mean you gave up re- you gave up a really good job to do what you did yeah so I mean it doesn't mean that you though just because you're you need pay doesn't mean that you should get paid from all the people that you minister to though yeah just i mean and in an excess pay because that's where i was going to go with that point yeah. and even like, if it's an excess or non-excess i mean there's lots of ministers yeah. i know a church right now or several churches in india that the pastor doesn't take a salary i know one church that's that awesome. has a head pastor that only helps organize the large scale things but the all the minor scale things are paid but done by non-paid staff members i mean he doesn't do it really and most of his pay is is very negligible he gets it all from secondary income like uh, contracting yeah. or stock marketing or whatever he does he doesn't put a giant burden a, a much burden at all on the people um other than just kind of yeah um, well that's good because that's one of the points i was going to get into of like um does uh one of the questions i have for you actually is does making money for being a pastor sway your judgments judgments of what the people uh Tithes, offerings, uh, just receiving money, keeping people, judgments. keeping people in the church. Well, uh, I mean, it always is going to weigh in on it. I mean, yeah. if you're you're talking about a path, it's it's hard. You know, you can never take the human factor out. I mean, yeah. most some pastors will try to say that they're, you know, above or they'll act like they're above sin or or human. You know, even if it's not sinful, just the human side of us. Yeah. You know, we're not godly i i can't make you know i can't feed five thousand people from five loaves you know i mean yeah i, I can and, and through god and faith i can my faith doesn't have limits but it's real easy to see it from the other point of view everybody wants to over spiritual of course every christian when i said that of course we can feed it that's the point of the story you know yeah. like, I mean, you know i'm sorry i i see three fish <laughs> and two loaves in a basket and still wonder we you know every yeah. time and every pastor that ever has gone bombastically after an offering from the pulpit, has yeah. also seen two fish and a couple loaves of bread or five fish, whatever the story was. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. He sees a couple fish and a couple pieces of bread and sees a lot of people and all the bills and the lights and the new stuff and the new building that he wants. And he's keeping up with the Joneses down the street, you know, the other first, third, second Pentecostal brotherhood of St. Luke Mark down the street that, <laughs> has the new building and the new lights and the new whatever. And yeah, he but wants that too. You know? My point in, in all of that is, I guess for me, I personally don't really see how all that is necessary. And I think well, that kind necessary. of... I'm just describing yeah, yeah, yeah. what it is. You know, there's a difference between what's necessary and what is. You know, it's, it is what it is. And right now that's the state of it. You know, I'm giving you the diagnosis of what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, okay not the ideology of what it should be. I mean, that's okay. different. I can give you the, what it should be if you'd rather, or I can give you what it is. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you can, you can do whatever you want. Well, there is what it so. is to get to the, we can talk about what it should be at some point, but right now, I mean, that's what it is. You got a yeah. human pastor who's, you know, put it, you put yourself, I'm not to demonize anybody or even, you know, I mean, and just for the record, my salary never exceeded $15,000 a year. <laughs> the entire time I was a pastor. That's crazy. Um, so, I mean, I made more than that at 
my first job when I was 15. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, and I left a job that I made. I was on target to make over $100,000 that year. I quit. That's crazy. Um, anyway, so uh, my point being of that is that I'm not, even though for me, though, I could see it. Um, as I've later on, after making $15,000 or less a year for 10 years, it's, you know, some of my motivation to grow the church was to get a bigger salary, yeah. honestly. I mean, you know, not because I'm greedy. I mean, obviously greedy. How can you be greedy making 15 a year? But yeah. wouldn't it be nice to feed your family a little better? You know, buy new clothes, take yeah. a vacation, not depend on your wife to have a good job to make money. I mean, those yeah. things that are human needs creep in. And so you put that to any level of any pastor. Yeah. And you tie his income, his livelihood, his career, his retirement, his home, his eating tonight into what is there. He's going to preach about that tithe a little harder. He's going to yeah. collect money a little more often. He's going to do whatever he needs. You know, he's going to, it's a motivator, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And that, that yeah. is a good diagnosis. I think that's exactly where things are. Now, I think whether they should be there or not is a whole nother conversation to be had. But as far as like the diagnosis of where things are, yes. Well, when you so. put the new, when you put the church of the modern era, you know, the church buildings mm -hmm. and everything that there is and We've gotten this career pastor. I don't know where the career, you know, I mean, I see pastor, a fivefold ministry. I see people where they have a real calling to give everything to Jesus. But I don't see where it says to give your entire financial career yeah. and livelihood. I mean, anyway, I, my point being is that when pe this new full-time career where you can like jobs.com literally for pastor and people post on yeah. Monster for pastors and they're hiring. That's crazy. Know, you know, for pastors and people go to job, go to, you know, I have no calling or, or yeah. home or to call a church. And then I go and study at seminary. And then now I look through the one ads to find as a pastor. And that happens. I mean, regularly all the time. Yeah. And now we have a career called pastor you know, or, or whatever you call it, reverend, minister, apostle, shepherd, you know, I mean, whatever so name many it titles, is, yeah. career of making religion, your career, your sole source of income. Okay makes it the way that we are now. It makes it so that church is ran with finances as its front runner. I mean, keeping the finances coming in. It makes it a difficult, it makes it hard. I mean, put yourself in your this shoes. Like, you know, you got rent to pay. The most small churches are tied up in the pastor's name. Yeah. He's probably got it tied to the mortgage of his home, the mortgage of the church. He has, if the light bills go out, all those things, he's going to be the one that they come after. So all these bills, all these things are wrapped up in the pastor's name. Yeah, and I the mean, pastor's it, family and the pastor's credit, the pastor's it, everything. And so when yeah. he doesn't do things, it's all tied up in that way. It's it's the, so like I say, to me, I don't want to demonize the pastor that's in that situation. I feel for yeah. that brother. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he just is, and so most pastors only did it that way because that's the way they've seen it. It's the model that they're following. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. And maybe maybe on this podcast I I go a little hard on I guess pastors and finances and stuff, but I mean you bring a, a fresh perspective to the table, so that's well, good to keep I in bring mind. Bring it from a pastor's point of view. Yeah. That's but, good. I mean it's really hard to judge someone until you've walked a minute in their shoes. Exactly. I mean And that's kind of the reason I wanted you on for this episode yeah. too, because I want to if I'm talking about something, I want to have someone who is experienced or has been in that situation and could give like valid input on it. 
Absolutely. So I don't want to sit here and just talk about pastors all day long. Like I've been one before. Like I understand the struggle because I don't. It's the hardest job on the planet. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's very difficult. It's so hard to stay humble, to stay, you know, focused on God and what you, your first love and what your reason and your calling of, of what you want to do, you know, and at the same time, run a business, make money, feed your family, you know, do whatever you want to do. You know, it's really difficult to do both things. And, uh, you know, as any man could, it's, and most pastors that don't ever start out to be a little whatever or a little shady or a little more about the money or whatever they do. They, they just become that way because they need money. <laughs> you know what I mean? They become that way because they need uh, to feed their family. I mean, honestly, that's for, for as far as the money. Yeah. Now, yeah. You know, there's pastors on TV. Tell, we're not putting televangelists in here. I've never been a televangelist or, you know, a mega church pastor or anything. So I'm talking about your good old fashioned local pastor or you know all anywhere in america you can walk down the street and find these little small churches these guys that are doing it for they started out even doing it probably for all the right reasons and yeah. probably still still feel like and are still trying to very well do it for the right reasons but have gotten caught up in the trap of finances i mean it's just a real deal i mean yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I see what you're talking about. I mean, now is it should it be that way? I mean, hope not. I mean, I think the church really, honestly, to me, the church needs to come up with an answer for it. Yeah, I mean, because it's really killing the church. I mean, lots of pastors retire and quit, you know, or both, you know, at the same time. You know, what was it? Do you know the stat? There's a stat. It was like there's only a certain amount, a certain percentage of pastors who actually complete and retire as a pastor. Do you remember that? I remember you talk you I, saying yeah, that I one, had that one stat a long time ago, but yeah. it, it wasn't a uh, one that I recall. But it was low. It's I remember low. that. Yeah, but well, it's like I said, it's a hard job. I mean, you're talking about a is that well, you're usually is... crapped on by a lot of dudes on podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> and then B, you know, <laughs> stupid bastards, <laughs> screw those guys, uh, and then you know you. I mean, I'm just saying it's a pretty thankless job. Just kidding. And uh, you're not making much. I mean, most pastors aren't. When you look at the overall pastors that are driving like Bentleys and got private jets, it's pretty small in yeah. comparison to the whole. You know, there's yeah. if there's a hundred pastors in the room, one or two of them maybe have that. The rest of them are barely making it. And they're doing it for the love of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's hard. You know, it's just hard. It's hard to not, and then when you have, you throw it in there that it's all on the people giving, it's hard to not nudge them. You know what I mean? It's like if yeah. you see the other dude, like if you saw a guy in your congregation, let's say, who's making change out the offering plate for his $5 bill or his $20 bill, you're, yeah. it's hard to not preach that. Like, what the heck are you doing, dude? You know, especially I, like if you know that person is making a yeah. hundred thousand a year <laughs> or even if they're making t either way it's like yeah. you, it's, you want them to give to the cause and you justify it too is it giving it to the cause of the lord and you become the calling that it's the called one and i mean we, it's a whole different topic uh, but i'm just saying the, the it's hard to see all those things people not paying their tithe yeah. if you believe in tithing or you believe in get, even if it, you take tithe out of the picture i mean tithe is there definitely to give someone a re it's like the club dues i mean it gives a constant giving and it's easy to be in there but yeah it's 
I don't see it New Testament. I mean, honestly, we can get it. We don't want to get into tithe. I've talked about it a little but. bit, but yeah, I mean, I definitely don't see tithe in the New New Testament. You can't yeah. you can't deny it in the old yeah. as far as supplying for the temple and and such. I see giving. You'd be an idiot to yeah, not yeah. see giving. Generous I mean, you'd have giving to be and the wrong sacrificial book. lifestyles. I see gener- yeah. generous giving and lifestyles. I mean, I see that the New Testament giver should give more than ten percent. I mean. Mm-hmm. Tithe means tenth, so I mean you can't. That's why that we give a tenth. But I'm yeah. just saying that I see that the New Testament giver should be given that more. Or if he has less, he shouldn't be filled wrong. You know, what I mean the yeah. widows might give everything, but she only gave a do- a penny or whatever it was. I mean, you know, a mite is yeah. what it was, but I mean, I don't know what a mite equals, but it wasn't <laughs> I have much. No idea. Sounds low, <laughs> like a like a termite or yeah. a bed bug. Sounds or like something. it wasn't worth much, <laughs> whatever it was. And uh, anyway, I mean the. She gave, but she gave everything and she yeah. was, that's, that's the point, you know, I mean, the, but the, to feel like you're a, a belittled because you don't or whatever is very hard. But at the same time, I mean, look at it from the pastor's point of view, you're trying to run a church. You got all these people. <laughs> Thanks for the penny lady. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying you got all these people there that go. And, no, no, no. I, mean, I hear what you're saying. They're enjoying the air conditioning. They're enjoying the lights. They're enjoying all the stuff. They're yeah. enjoying it. When you pre marry them, they're enjoying every sermon you preach for them. Yeah. They're enjoying when you lay hands and pray and all the prep stuff you do and all the Sunday school effort from all the workers and blah, 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 blah. They enjoy all of the benefits but, you know, most of them don't want to give back. You know what I mean? Well, not most or all. I mean, whatever it is. The point yeah. being is that when you see a bunch of people that are really greedy with their cash on the backside, yeah. it's easy to – well, A, you can see it in the Bible where you're like, come on, guys. You should be better givers. But it's easy to from the – to not sound too Christianese from the flesh or from the human point of view yeah. of the pastor to say, what the heck, dude? You know what I mean? Like I'm doing all the work and I got all this stuff and you guys are enjoying all these benefits. Why not – are you not kicking in? You know yeah. I mean? Because I, I think to just to jump to the other side for a second and to um, defend pastors, I guess, they're not perfect either. Just like on the podcast, I don't claim to be perfect or have the answers or know any like I don't know all the answers to everything and I'm not even claiming to live the perfect life. I don't think pastors have to either. But it's that stigma that's been built up. I think that's part of that man of God syndrome that you see where yeah. it's been built like that to where these men, these you have the top-notch elite uh, group of pastors, and when one of them falls, it's all over the headlines. It's all over the news. When there's infidelity, when there's alcoholism, when there's blah, 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 it's a, it's all over the news. You hear it. You, you know that that person fell because – they were looked at as this awesome, holy man of God who could do no wrong. And I think if pastors were looked at as just normal guys who are just trying to make it in life just like everyone else, it would kind of change the mindset. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're a normal person yeah. with a calling, you know, and that's that's all there is. I mean, it, yeah. the problem, like I said to me, I, I said earlier, is that it's just there's a – the model is messed up. I mean, I'm not that I have the perfect mo- – um, excuse me, the perfect model for what church should be. But I can obviously, it's way easier to see all the problems, I think, than it is to see the answers in most That's cases. True. And yeah. so right now I can see a lot of the problems. I don't really have a ton of answers other than I think the reason that we do it now is just because it's the way everybody does it. I mean, there's like an old story, not to get too stupid and cheesy, but there's this <laughs> girl that always cut the end off of her ham. Um, she bought a ham and she would cut both ends off of it every time before she stuck it in the oven. 
And then she would take it out. She would cook the ham. Everybody eat it. And one day somebody saw her preparing the ham and was like, why do you cut the ends off before you stick it in? What's the point of all that? And there she's like, I don't know. My mom always cut the end off the ham. <laughs> and that's how I learned to do it. And so she asked her mom, mom, why do we cut the ends off the ham? She goes, I don't know. That's how grandma taught me to do it. I never asked. I just cooked it. So finally she goes over yeah. to her, her mom or the grandma and says, mom, why do we cut the ends off the ham before we do it? Is there a point yeah. in all that? She goes, yeah, the first pan I bought, it, the ham wouldn't fit. So I had to cut the ends off and I had the only way for it to fit in the pan. And wow. so two generations later, they're still cutting the ends of the ham off, but they didn't know why. <laughs> so anyway, I feel like that's a lot with the pastor. You know, I mean, not to be a cheesy anecdotal or whatever, but yeah, I think you got three generations of pastors still cutting the hens off the ham, but they don't know why. Yeah. They're just doing it the way that they've seen it done. They're doing it the way everybody else does it. And they don't know a better model for church. Um, yeah. And there's not a lot of answers out there. And the, all the stuff they see, all the conferences they go to, just perpetuate the model. They see a dude that has a football stadium that's now a church that, you know, that yeah. is now, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they, they think that's the way because it's about the numbers. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not about the numbers in your pocket. It is about the numbers in the seats and not because of how much they give. It's because they're souls that matter how to much God. Those so, we have how much a those people are worth yeah. of numbers, Yeah, right? God's about the numbers. He counts the people all the time. He does yeah. censuses. He's God cares about every person all down to the one. You know, that's the story of the gospel is that he cares about the one. Well, I think the answer that we're going to find is when, um, not that any of us, either of us have an extreme, but when people of your mindset and mindset and my mindset can work together of like, Hey, I understand why pastors are the way they are. And then I'm, I would consider myself on the flip side, even though I, I, I think I'm a little bit more reasonable than a lot of people in my kind of mindset. I still am like, yeah, pastors make too much money yeah yada 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 yeah blah 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 not a huge fan but i i guess i think there are people who are a lot more offensive than i am about it but i think when generations can work together i think and we when we can search for that line in the sand and try and solve it i think that's where we're gonna have some some breakthrough and really figure things out so for sure well i mean it's I'm not I didn't come on just to defend pastors. I mean, oh, that I wasn't know. my point of my reference. There's a yeah, lot of yeah. pastors. I mean, there's not a lot, but there's definitely some pastors that just they flat out do it for the money. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason that they do it. I mean, I'm sure. I don't know any <laughs> off the top of my head. I know some good men that, you know, that do it for the heart of the gospel and maybe started that way and then now are maybe a little more about the money than they need to be. Yeah. But for reasons that they would justify and that reasons they probably started out with, you know, and they probably even see it. Some of them, a lot of people that over spiritualize things when it comes down to tithe and things, they see it in different perspectives and point of views and they're doing it from a good heart. They're just doing it in, in different ways. You know, I don't like to judge anyone too harshly. Like I said, I've walked in a lot of their shoes and yeah. anyway, my, the, but the idea of it all, what I was trying to get at with the ham thing is this, it's broken from the beginning. I mean, nobody really knows why they're just not a better model. They yeah. So when they go to these other conferences, they see, big buildings they see all this stuff and they want to they want effect when you see this huge stadium 
I don't look at it from a pastor standpoint. I don't see it from, oh man, I wish I owned a stadium or I wish I had a jet and I wish I had yeah. a Bentley and a, you know, whatever. I look at it from the point of view as, wouldn't it be awesome to fill a stadium yeah, with yeah. people uh, that you help lead to Christ? I mean, that would be awesome. You know what I mean? And that's what they see. And then, so they see it that way. And they, so they start going that way. And some people just aren't creative. Most people aren't creative, especially yeah. pastors. And they look at it and they go, okay, well, what did they do? Okay. A, buy a stadium. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, B, literally, buy a jet. You know? Literally what it, the church we came out of, literally everything was, hey, this church is doing this and it's working. Everybody get yeah. this material. Let's learn how to do this. Yeah. Oh crap. That didn't work. Uh, hey, they're doing this. That's working. Yeah. Let's do that. And I heard it a million times in the pastor <laughs> realm. Well, don't, let's don't reinvent the wheel. If it's working over there, let's do it again. Well, you know, what happened to the, some godly wisdom too, though? You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, you can't afford a stadium. And that drives it too right there. If a pastor goes, oh, you know, I don't know how many times I've heard and seen building programs get launched off the ground. I mean, they've got like 50 members and they build a, a building that seats 500 it's like the field of dreams mentality if you build it they'll come we literally you know? talked about that the last podcast <laughs> oh yeah. really well i mean they get that idea that if i have this huge building people come and then now yeah. they're in debt up to their eyeballs and they gotta freaking go after the money yeah. or they can't afford to keep the building mm -hmm. i mean we literally had like a five minute conversation about that last podcast yeah. so yeah. i mean it's the same it's the same com concept i mean they, they just yeah. go so they go to these churches and they see what they're doing and they try it out, but they need it's it's God needs to just pour out fresh revelation on some ministers. I mean, honestly, yeah. that they start doing it differently and, and, and in ways that hit their specific needs and their specific areas. I mean, just recreating what others are doing. You know, that's the thing yeah. I did notice after being a pastor for 10 years and going around and being shipped to conferences and picking on some of my own. You know, the one thing that God did help me see was. It's the guys that are doing it are the ones that are starting something fresh and new, you know, like Facebook wasn't Facebook until a guy started Facebook. But now if I started like, you know, Facebook two or whatever, I tried to start my own, it wouldn't be as good. You know what I mean? I can't go recreate Facebook. You, you need that genuine creative idea for the space that you live in. You know what I mean? And if God can start pouring out some revelation to ministers that how to reach people and how to feed their family but yet not be so busy that they can't preach the gospel. I mean, the full-time pastor became a part of a thing because a guy had a family that he needed to feed. And he also wants to not have to work a job 40 hours a week where he doesn't have time to do church. I mean, where he doesn't have time to do the gospel. But, yeah. but at the same time, if our idea of church changed, if we didn't, you know, his idea of church is that if he works all the time, he can't have... Wednesday night service and Sunday morning service and he can't have the vigil yeah. on Friday night and he can't go speak at the this and he can't come to that and he can't do that. You know, if his idea of what being a pastor in a church looked like would change, then his availability would change. You know, I mean, you could yeah. he could work a full time job and still pastor people. You know, I mean, if his if God would lift up his eyes to a different harvest field, and a different way to harvest people and a different idea of what pastoring looks like. I don't have the answer for all those questions and how, yeah, how tos a, I just raised up in, in everybody's minds. But I know that if he would yeah. change the hearts of the people that he's calling and see something different than just cutting the ends off the ham, yeah, then he yeah. would, then they would do it differently and pastors wouldn't be burdened with buildings and cash and all those different things. And not that the house church model is the new best model because the danger that we always have is this to lean on the one model. 
Because right now, house church is becoming cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And more, more and more people are. More and more people are doing it, and people are doing it, and it's cool. And it's a great model. But what is the danger now? In ten years from now, fifteen years from now, twenty—I don't know the date, timeline—but when everybody's doing house church and nobody's doing it any other way, and they just do house church because the fresh revelation of the Spirit is what really needs to drive the church, and um, doing it in practical ways that reach people that aren't a burden, that don't have money, that don't involve a lot of money, or it's always going to involve some money to preach the gospel. It's always going to involve some aspects of business, but not business dependent, consumer driven, you know, big buildings, big budget pr- productions is a lot of stuff. I mean, that's a lot yeah. of things to do. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, well, it's effective though. I mean, that th- thing is get, look at it. It is effective. I mean, I, I do want to say that Oh, Brother Osteen, I don't agree with a lot, but everyone knows who he is. He's filling up baseball <laughs> stadiums with people to yeah. hear Jesus's name. He's not on my team, but I'm certainly not against him. Or like Jesus Culture, Hillsong, yeah. everyone knows their music. Yeah, I don't, Literally I don't disagree. I can't, so. I can't knock them. I might not agree yeah. with their methods, but Jesus is getting preached. Yeah, through them, you know what I mean. Like Jesus said, you know, when the guys were like, "We heard people talking about you," and so we told them to shut up because they're not with us. And he's like, "Why would you do that?" You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't. Dang, that's <laughs> that's harsh, man. I love, that's good though. It's but good. I'm just saying, like, for that's how I look at it for them. I might not agree yeah. with them, but boy, I sure don't want them to stop. Yeah. I mean, either way, people are. If if one person watched Joel Steen and got you know, whatever. But, you know, at the same time, you'd have to say, people say that, and I say that, if one person watched Joel Osteen and decided that they were going to become a genuine follower of Christ, it'd be worth it. But if 10,000 people watched him and got turned off from the gospel, was it worth it? You know what I mean? But yeah. either way, he's not turned, I don't, as many, he, I think he's definitely winning more people than he's losing. And I can't say yeah. that he's not my teammate, even though I don't agree with, you know, a lot of his methods and, and ideology. I can't say He's not affecting people in a positive way for the gospel. I mean, it'd be very okay. difficult for me to formulate that. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I again, I mean, off the mic, I could tell you a lot of things I don't agree with, but I wouldn't want to do that. It's not yeah. helpful. I think we should just cheerlead him and on. I mean, I, I think we need more Jesus, pe- not yeah. less. So, yeah, it's what you're saying is it's not, it's not helping anything, tearing everything down all the time. So, <clears throat> so I agree with that. So I want to take a moment. Really quick, because um, I've talked about you a lot on the podcast. Most of it has been good. There was uh, one episode, though, that I don't know what was going on. There was something going on with House Church that I I guess there was something that I don't even remember all that I said, but I wasn't fully agreeing with, I guess, what was going on or and the topic came up, but... I just went on a little rant, and I don't even remember what I said, but somehow you came up in the rant, and anyways, I went back and listened to it a few weeks ago, and I even texted you, and I was like, I was an asshole, man. I am so sorry. Like, I would, like, I, d- I don't even think I said anything super mean. I, like, I didn't, I didn't call you any bad names or call you anything stupid, but just my demeanor, I felt like, towards house church and everyone involved in it was just kind of like... Uh, it's gross, blah blah blah. Yeah. So I went back and listened to it, and I'm like, no, that was, that was not good. See that there can be bad aspects of both sides of of religion. I think when you're on the on that pro church side, you can really get caught up in just the pseudo religion and being fake and all that stuff. But when you're on kind of like that, I would call it like the hipster side of Christianity, where like 
everything's stupid and church is fake and I just follow God and this and that. You can, it's easy to get kind of demeaning sometimes. So that's something that I've been really faced with and dealing with and stuff. And even like this episode, talking to you about pastors, um, just not like, not that you're defending pastors, but your way of talking about the whole subject has kind of, it's really made me think a lot. Well, the point of it being is that just because it's wrong doesn't mean it's wrong. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Just just because it's not working right, what I mean by that is not, just because it's not working right currently doesn't mean it wasn't a good concept. Yeah. I mean, Jesus started the church. I mean, it was his idea. And the first church was doing it right. And it's just become a different model these days. And it doesn't make When was the last time you watched unorganized baseball? Or unorganized football. <laughs> Let's watch the most disorganized, chaotic thing possible. And how many how much scoring happens when everybody has does whatever they want to do? You know, only yeah. do you win when you organize and formulate plays and work together as a team. I mean, organized religion is necessary for the gospel to be furthered. People yeah. say I don't like organized religion or just been burnt by it, and they don't like the they don't like the organization of what the church is, but they but they can't separate it from organized religion. I mean, they would like a different organization of religion you know what i mean if they organized church was that. organized differently then they would probably like it i can agree with that i mean people need it to organize together to do things and yeah. just because they haven't organized in a way that they like doesn't mean that they should throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. god has something fresh on his move i trust in god and i trust that god's gonna do something on the horizon that's gonna shake things to the core and we're gonna get back to the way he wants it to be and i can't wait to be a part of it i hope it happens in my lifetime to where the organization yeah. of God's people becomes authentic and genuine and accomplishes his purposes and plans on the earth. I mean, that's what we all want to really see. Yeah. It just sucks that we got to filter through all the hurts and wounds of people organizing together in crappy ways. And, <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's, it's tough. I mean, but yeah. the thing is though, that's, I was thinking on the way here, you know, I live 45 minutes from Keith, which is why I haven't been on the podcast. Even though I've been talking about it since, episode three and you're on episode whatever now 26 <laughs> 26 and it took you that long to get me on here even though you text me like 20 times to get on here um it's all good you've got anyway, kids i had a long drive your family's here, always and the one thing and... i was thinking about was just even the name pastor you know yeah. uh, pastor everybody puts it in with the word shepherd and so when you read the bible most pastors put shepherd and shepherd all the stuff together with shepherd but there's only one true shepherd and it even says that he's the good shepherd the shepherd the word pastor if you think about it just means that you you're overseer of a field. Like if I was the shepherd, I would have a pastor oversee an individual field of sheep for me. If the pastor would get the idea that it's not, that it was just, he was the organizer of a field of people for the true shepherd. Uh, it's really difficult to not, like we said, you said the man of God syndrome or whatever, to get the idea that this church exists to fulfill my calling, that this church exists for me to continue to grow the calling that God has on me and to keep building it and keep doing it and get focused in on that and yeah. miss the fact that he's doing a greater work for a greater pastor, a greater shepherd than Jesus. I mean, it, it's real easy to get sucked into that trap. I mean, and, and to keep it spiritual to say, I'm fulfilling my calling, I'm fulfilling my calling. And this is the calling of me is to have this great church. And this is a part of what I am. And then the mm -hmm. people start seeing that I'm here to help fulfill the calling of the pastor and to help see his vision go forward. And we're all going to come in, but it's God's vision. It's God's church. It's God's people 
And when we get a new fresh revelation of what's going on, I mean, in the in the church, and we all begin to take a step back, and pastors begin to shepherd yeah. people in a different way, in a better way. I don't know. Everything just needs reorganized. Yeah, and I feel like shaken. Yeah, and I feel like too. It, my last point that I'll make on the pod, on this episode, you, we have to understand if we if we understand that pastors are just people, we have to understand that it's easy to talk ourselves into something that's not really real. So, like pastors can. They can do wrong things and talk themselves into making money and calling it doing God's will or this or that. But we have to understand, too, which is something that I'm trying to do more of, is understand that they are people. They are I would just, say that they, there's less men, evil so. men than you would assume them to be. That most pastors okay. that you would think are about the money aren't if you talk to them. You know what I mean? They just happen to make more money. They didn't they're not they don't have a secret evil agenda. And then you might, if you dug at them hard enough and got them to break down and they go, Yes, it's been about the money. You know what I mean? Like you might get them to on a day where you just hammered on them, like, you know, but I'm telling you, most of them are doing it from a good heart and from a scriptural standpoint and they just yeah. might not see it the best way. They're just still chopping off the end of the ham because they're supposed to do. They don't know that there's a different way or a better way. They're afraid, a lot of them are, to abandon it all and give it over to doing whatever. And, I mean, fear is a big one. I mean, it's hard. I mean, can you imagine? Fear's tough for everybody. Can you imagine just making nothing? You know what I mean? To do yeah, a hard suck. job? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not easy. Can you imagine yeah. dependent on charitable giving to pay your house payment? <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> I mean, that'd be the worst. If man. we had to decide, you know, if hey, this this coming weekend, Keith, we're gonna have some people. We invited some people. I tried to invite a few, <laughs> and they're gonna come over. And if you know they like what you said and they like your house, and like I said, this goes back to consumers. If they like how well you set everything up, and if you talk really good, make them feel good about themselves, and you didn't offend anybody too much by preaching the real gospel, and you kind of <laughs> tickle their ear a little bit and make them happy, yeah. they're gonna pitch in and give you a house payment. You know what I mean? Like, and then if they don't, though, if you decide to go after it and you make yeah. them all mad and a couple leave and this guy goes over there and you say what you really thought about Billy when you really should have, you know, you, you could have held his hand and he'd give you a big check or you can tell him that he's just a fat, arrogant snob and needs to get out of here or whatever. What I'm getting at is that if your yeah. salary that pays your house was depending on a fickle gathering of people that may or may not show up yeah. because they had the flu or whatever – and if they come and they your house payments do and then they don't pay, just put yourself in that situation of what you yeah. would do, you know, and how you would start to act. And it, not one time, but for years. Okay, if you got a pastor who's been doing it ten years, fifteen years, twenty years, where he's yeah. dependent on that, and he's been burnt a few times. I mean, of course he's dependent on God. He's trying to depend on God and keep a good attitude, and he probably is keeping a good attitude, but he might be leaning a little hard on the. Brothers and sisters who are here, who have a wallet, you know, yeah. please, if you can, I have a family to feed and a house to pay. And do you like the lights in this building? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, yeah. like I said, if just put walk a mile in their shoes for a minute. I know that maybe not be what you meant with church and business put together, but. No, I liked where this went. Okay. I will say this, though. Um, if you ever do get in the business of pastoring again, I will be the first one to be at your church. <laughs> well, Whether... I'll be in the business of pastoring anything, I will never take a salary. For well, my job. if you're ever in the avenue of pastoring, <laughs> well, I again, am in the. I always am. I, I want to yeah. help people follow Christ all the time. I okay, wanna, well, I'll, I'll, be, I can... I'll be at your house all right. tomorrow. We're gonna do. A I like to talk meeting. about people and help advance them. 
into the kingdom of God and shepherd his people, which was help them eat, you know, yeah. which if I'm doing that right now through the podcast, I really hope I am yeah. helping a couple people draw closer to God. I mean, whole... I know right now I can feel that if a couple people and even you or me and included to yeah. lay down a few um, judgmental hates toward a few other brothers in yeah. Christ. I mean, I I've can definitely self drawing closer to God by releasing a few pastors and a few hurts and wounds that you may carry. I know that it definitely re- draws me closer to God because you can't hate your yeah. brother or have animosity and then still be close to God. Those are God's called men. I believe at one point, all the men that even the greedy ones were called by God, they may have lost okay. their way, but you don't, Decide that he shouldn't decide. I can tell you that way. To decide up and like, I think I'll be a pastor because look at here. Joel Osteen's got a nice job. I'm telling you. I could do that. If I could talk. Want to, if you want to give up your your career to yeah. depend on your livelihood for a bunch of fickle people that give, just try that out for a minute. If you're just a good public speaker, just go do a TED Talk. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You'll be go, set. Just you'd go. be better off just to be a, a, a motivational speaker like yeah. you know, Tony Robbins or something. I mean – yeah, just. Get into a different profession. You're going to yeah. make more money. It's not It's not ideal for <laughs> cash making. I mean, but there are those few, that, like I said, the televangelists. Yeah, and I think it's the few that really... A few bad apples all it takes to spoil the core. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's so. It needs revised. And I mean, I don't know how to end it with a way to put on a happy note. I don't know the answers to make the church better. I know that if it was focused on God and the Holy Spirit, I know that the Holy Spirit needs to breathe life into the church. There's probably already some guys out there that are doing it right. They just aren't known. You know, the mainstream thing. That's the thing. Mainstream church needs to change. I mean, yeah. Christian TV needs to be canceled. And <laughs> I mean, it just needs TBN. to get back to the, the the heart of the gospel and stop yeah. propagating, you know, trash and the same old songs and the same old things and just start to love people genuinely and and. Get the, like I said, the spirit of God to move through His people. I mean, yeah. that's what it's going to take. Is I agree. every individualism to be laid down, and and I mean, the church itself to rise up. It's it's, but it takes it takes good men and women. It takes people really obedient servants, and it it takes it's really hard to get to gain favor and power among men, and yet remain humble. I mean, it's a very tall order. It's a very I think what it task. Yeah, I think what it's going to take. Um, from people of our perspective who have been burnt by church and you're a lot more open-minded than I am at this point, (laughs) but it's going to take people from our perspective who have been burnt by church and abused and hurt to be able to move past that. And I feel like I'm, I, I'm, to be honest, I, I don't think I really have, um, just everything that's happened to me with church and church culture. Um, it's just left me with my own different biases of church itself and pastors and money and but finances. Remember, it's it's and, the way it's organized, not the organization. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it's not, it's but the this way has that, made me think this, this yeah. episode is the way really that made something in particular is organized. Doesn't mean that the entire organization is bad. Yeah. Organization of God's people is the only way we're going to get anything done. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. and and in their own way, you got to always look back at that. They were doing the best that they knew how to do with what they had. And then, you know, I, I mean, if you're gonna, for most of them, yeah, most of them, some of them maybe tried to be ill or do wrong. I mean, but I can't believe that about most of them. I mean, yeah. even the, at the core, I mean, we went to the same church and if they're listening, they know who they are and we know who they are. I forgive them with all my heart for everything they've ever done and know that they're, they were doing it, they were trying to do what they were doing. I mean, they had it in different ways. They had their own agenda and they were doing it with what they saw. They were saying, 
they had the idea of that the pastor's in charge and they saw that from the Bible and that's what their pastor cut the ends off the ham and their other pastor cut the ends off the ham and that's the way the church progresses forward. And why aren't you falling in line? I cut the ends off the ham and then for us to be raise up the question of why the hell do we cut the ends off the ham again anyway? I bet they taste just as good as the rest of the ham. You know, the ham fits in the pan, you know, without cutting the ends off. And I bet it would seal the juices in. They go, no, you can't do that. And and so that's where the, the I mean, the main grind, honestly, yeah. is us questioning the system. And it's, and for a long time, we fit in the system. But I think the main grind happened there. And it wasn't in a bad heart that they were like, for most of them anyway i'm not speaking for everyone there might have been one or two that had ill but most of them wasn't the fact that hey you're you're a jerk we don't like you and what are you doing it's that they were trying they seen it as you were leaving the system you're leaving the system that saves us the gospel the the way the church is done you're you're screwing it all up what are you doing you idiot you know what i mean and they weren't they were doing it what they thought was love and the best. They were trying to keep us in to what they saw as the way to go forward in Speaking Christ. Speaking the truth in love. Yeah, they were trying yeah. to speak the truth in love, but it wasn't the truth that we needed to hear or see. You know, they were – that we could see. We said that, look, you know, we know that you're wrong too and we got to go. And then in that rift, everybody's human and says things they may or may not mean. And It's just unfortunate that it all Some had to end those, those ways. <laughs> but that's the way it ended. You know yeah. what I mean? And And – and then now later it's gotten weird and people have said more things they probably didn't mean. And it's just sad that it had to be that way because I yeah, I really care about most of them. I mean, it's including the senior pastor that I'm not going to say anything by names because you might not be on here. But I, you are listening. I still love you very much. And can't, I would like to talk at some point if we could. So, yeah, I hope to one day be where you're at and i i really want this this conversation has uh motivated me more towards getting to that place um man yeah anyways that's that's our sermon for the day sermon from for pastor day. ryan <laughs> i mean to be a pastor but it just no that's out. good that's good stuff so and uh I, I, done. I don't know what else to say but yeah uh, please god help the church kick butt that's yeah what Awesome, and uh, I think that's it for for now. We will see you guys next week. Um, if you're listening to this, go to iTunes, like us, comment, all that jazz. Join our Facebook group. Um, donate money. Yeah, donate money. We need it. The Church of Keith. Yeah, his house payment depends on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need you guys right now. Okay, <laughs> if I don't if I don't get this offering, man, I'm gonna be on the street. No more podcasts. You guys won't be getting this truth anymore. So anyways, that's it for the day. So enjoy yourselves. Have a good week. And we will see you next weekend. See ya.